This podcast is brought to you by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine for those that love to make and drink great beer. Learn more online or subscribe at beerandbrewing.com or find us on social media at Craft Beer Brew. Welcome to the Craft Beer and Brewing Podcast. I'm your host, co-founder and editorial director of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, Jamie Bogner. This is episode 229 of the podcast, and we're not in Belgium for this episode. We're in France. <laughs> we went very far. Yeah, yeah. Joining me again uh, co-hosting is Joe Stanger, managing editor, and we are sitting creekside in uh, Goussigny, uh, France. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, that's it. Goussigny. Okay. Goussigny. Um, at the... Absolutely stunningly beautiful uh, Brasserie Auberon, uh, makers of one of our favorite uh, beer de guards uh, and Saison's uh, Cuvée de Jonquille, a beer that the blind reviewers of Craft Beer Brewing Magazine have rated to 98 and is a perpetual favorite among American brewers. Uh, it's one of those uh, beers that has made it to the United States and we have been able to enjoy uh, extensively over many years. It's exciting to sit here and talk to uh, Xavier Bayou, uh, the third generation of brewer now in the family. Uh, this is a family business. Your grandfather was a brewer and your father start and started this brewery and now you know it is in your hands. Yes, no, it's my, it's my job now. It is, it is your job now. We're going to, to talk about uh, this approach to beer de garde, to making farmhouse style beers um, over here on the ed- right on the edge of, 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 of France and Belgium uh, in such a beautiful location, but making inspired beers um, that are done in a slightly different way than, than other uh, farmhouse beers with your own particular uh, approach to this. We're going to get into to how they do that from, from grist to fermentation um, and, and everything else before we do that for nearly 30 years, GD chillers has set the mark for quality equipment. You can rely on GD stands above the rest as the only chiller manufacturer that engineers your glycol piping for free. GD also stands alone as the only chiller manufacturer with an in-house team of installers and engineers with 30 years of real world field labor experience in breweries, wineries, and distilleries contact the total Glycol system design experts today at gdchillers.com. Also, this episode is brought to you by BSG exclusive distributors of RAR Malting Company. Since 1847, RAR Malt has been a benchmark of quality and consistency for brewers from the 19th century to today's craft beer pioneers. Whether you're creating classic lagers, resin clouded hazies, or barrel aged behemoths, inspired malts like RAR North Star Pills, malted oats, and more are here to make your brewing dreams a reality. Get in touch today at go.bsgcraft.com slash contact dash us. So Xavier, let's start uh, with some history on the brewery. It's a beautiful story of, of multiple generations across different breweries in this history that led uh, your family here to launch this um, you know, fantastic brasserie and brewery. So why don't you give us that, that history and, uh, you know, and, uh, so, uh, yeah, yes, it's a long story. So, uh, it starts from here. We make the long, so, uh, so many trips and we come back here to, to start the brewery. Um, my grandfather were, was born in, uh, in the other side of the border because uh, in Gusini we are, uh, uh, on the border. 
the brewery is two meters from the border and uh, we are half Belgian, half French, um, like a lot of people here. Two meters, the... two meters? Yes, of course, yeah, uh, <laughs> sometimes less. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our family is half Belgian, half French, so it's, uh, we are... We have a mixed culture for that. <laughs> ah. uh, so, but uh, my grandfather starts uh, as a brewer in a, in a small brewery um, in the Belgian side, um, and uh, it's where my father was born in the head, in the house of the brewer in the in the court of the brewery, <laughs> and. Um, uh very quickly the, the brewery was bought by a big group um and uh, my grandfather decided to to start um uh, a new brewing career in uh, Belgian Congo and he was brewing there with all the family and um you have to go back to to Europe uh because of the event and the independence of Congo and uh, he starts uh, like uh, a brewing engineer in a, in a brewery uh, in France and uh, and like it was very uh, usual uh, at this time uh, the brewery was bought by a big group <laughs> and you have to move right. to that brewery and uh, he became a, a production director uh, in a big brewery And uh, in the end, you have to dismantle that brewery because that brewery was bought again by a big group. And um, you move from uh, non to social to a new brewery. And uh, again, you have to dismantle that brewery. <laughs> he, was yeah. he was retired very early. He decided to, to start something new. And uh, he kept all the material, which was uh, possible on the brewery, industrial brewery. Yes, tanks, uh, stainless steel tube. Uh, oh, so uh, as he was decommissioning uh, other laboratories, other, tools, yeah. everything he could uh, yeah. because he have an idea to make something, uh, to make things that's uh, uh, like when he starts brewing, something more smart, more more authentic, more uh, better beer, simply. Uh, sure. And, um, It's really fascinating, I think, that you're, you're this, this, the 20th century trend of. Uh, corporate concentration, consolidation. Lot of, yes, uh, there it, was. It followed your dad around his whole career. Yes, and then the, at the end, he does this reaction to that, doesn't he? Yes, uh, I think my grandfather was a pioneer. That he feel uh, the beginning of uh, of Crossbury, finally. But it's it's always a, a circle. It's uh, we're always going back to the to the first step, finally. Uh, and um, I think he feel it's, he was one of the first to feel that new beginning for craft beers. And uh, yes, it was early in the 80s when he decided to build a uh, craft brewery. And uh, at this time, uh, it was very difficult because there was not a lot uh, firms for uh, to for buy uh, to buy a brewery uh, mm -hmm. a brew house. They have to make it themselves. Uh, they have to to right. There weren't manufacturers that just, wanted to make a yeah, very for, small brew yeah, house for you, and uh, for, even for uh, administrative things, uh, for uh, the tax, for the customs, for uh, uh. the all all things for the tax on alcohols, everything. Uh, there was not uh, 
nothing was ready for that and it was very difficult he was uh, you have to go there for uh, like for uh, like uh, a pioneer to uh, he was the first on that way and it was very difficult to I don't know the term but I, I imagine that the regulators and the the bureaucrats and the tax yeah, people didn't like, know how to handle a brewery this small. Not, and, and at this time a lot of brewery were closing there was still a lot of brewery were closing which were closing which was big ones so no one understand why someone want to start a small business when all are closing but it was uh, the start of something new and uh, we were in uh, the beginning of the 80s the brewery starts in 1989 And uh, and very quickly after, we have a lot of people coming to the brewery and see what we were doing and starting uh, starting uh, something themselves. Of course, when uh, we start the brewery, my father uh, have already started his uh, bar and his restaurant, and uh, the brewery went uh, went to to finish the concept, which was uh, uh, the guest brewery concept. That's what we what we can find in Germany, you know, especially in Franconia. Uh, the the concept of the uh, guest house, uh, bar, restaurant, and beer made uh, in the on site. Uh, that was the idea of my uh, my grandfather. No, we call it a brew pub, but uh, it it was only existing in Germany at this time. Right. And, uh, If this was the eight nineteen eighty nine, that would have yeah. been very very early on that kind of trend. Eighteen eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty nine. Yeah. Eighty nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, so they start in eighty uh, nine with uh, all main material. So uh, a brewhouse made by themselves. Luckily, we have uh, we had a, uh, a cousin which was welder, <laughs> <laughs> and he he have make a great job at this time, and uh, and they make. With all the, the service tank, uh, everything they, they have kept, they, they built a house. And uh, still today, we have some parts of the brewery which is still with that material. The idea was to make a, a smart tool, something very simple, with uh, um, gas burning for heating, uh, with a direct frame for uh, to, to, to warm the, the, the world. Uh, well, something very simple. We have our filter tank is a is a old milk tank, and um, but my grandfather was a brewing engineer. He studied in Brussels in a fermentation institute. So even if the the tool was uh, unmade, uh, the there was an expertise, uh, there was a, a knowledge that made the beer good. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, he was able to take some of this equipment and re, you know, rebuild it into something that could make good beer because he had that experience yeah. doing it at a larger scale and more production-oriented breweries. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very cool. So um, I want to talk about how then, as they, they envisioned this small brewery, um, you at the same time, they didn't want to just make the same beer styles that big giant breweries made. It wasn't, the idea was not just to make a smaller version of these big beers. No, of course, of course. Um, but he started his career in a small brewery, so he wanted to make the beer he made first. The beer, which why he have chose, chose to be a brewer, 
uh, when he was young. So, uh, and again, I think he have he have feel before other uh, that they were they were they will have um, a new patient for that old beer style and uh, and local product certainly. And um, he started to make a beer which was exactly the same that. Uh, the one he brew uh, when he starts, it was a season, uh, especially the seasons from Brasserie Cavnel, which uh, was a, which is a ten kilometers from the, the actual brewery here. It was a classic season and uh, uh, something authentic. With a, uh, of course, at this, the beginning, it was a yes that we found in another brewery. Uh, which is closed now, but um, I think at this time the yes have not made his uh, own way, his own identity. It's sure that now uh, more than uh, 30 years after our yes have made his way, and she's different that uh, at the beginning. So it's why now we more we care more about that stability of that yes uh, to not have any mutation. Uh, maybe it was interesting at this time. It's beginning to uh, for that yes to make his way to make his own uh, identity in the brewery. No, we she's it's a good one now, and we don't want it to move again. <laughs> uh, uh, so just to be clear, the the yeast was um, yeast that was originally used at the brewery that your father worked at, the smaller saison brewery. No, no. Uh, the, when we started, the brewery was closed. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, it was not a problem to to give uh, or ye- the yes at this time. We always say that the the the, the yes is something like the grant for the brewers, and uh, we keep it secret. And uh, but it's not always right. There is a lot of sharing of that. But um, at this time, my grandfather uh, keep it in uh, in uh, in a brewery. We were making all the the control uh, ourselves here. We were washing the yeast ourselves to to keep it clean. Uh, all was made in the brewery. Of course, it was the same. There was not laboratories for some for all breweries, and my grandfather had the expertise to do that himself. All was made uh, uh, here uh, because he was he was he he had study uh, brewing and uh, at the Maurice Institute in Brussels. So now we make. We keep the the yeast at the uh, at City Maurice in Brussels, and uh, but we st- we we still continue to to make a lot of control and um, culture here in the brewery. Uh, we have kept that uh, knowledge from uh, my grandfather. Sure, let's talk a little bit more about that yeast. But before we do, is your brewery struggling to source or afford berry ingredients? Historic heat waves devastated U.S. berry crops, causing supply to dwindle and prices to skyrocket. That's why brewers are switching over to Old Orchard's craft concentrate blends, which mimic straight concentrates, but at a better price point and with a more reliable supply. Is it any surprise that Old Orchard's best sellers are raspberry and blackberry flavors? Reclaim your margins and order your craft concentrates at oldorchard.com slash brewer. Also, Brew Monitor from Precision Fermentation is the first real-time comprehensive fermentation monitoring solution. It works with your existing fermentation tanks to track dissolved oxygen, pH, gravity, pressure, temperature, and conductivity in real-time from any smartphone, tablet, or PC. 
Brew Monitor provides detailed insights into your fermentations. It helps improve beer consistency, reduce tank time, and increase overall efficiency, saving your brewery time and money. Get started for 30 days risk-free. Visit precisionfermentation.com slash brewing. So you have this yeast that you found from an, another brewery that was you know 10 kilometers away. You're, he's designing this beer that uh, uh, resembles Saison Cavanel, this beer from this first brewery that he worked at 20 years before that, at the very start of his brewing career. Um, talk to me about some of the, the um, particular details about that. You know, the yeast itself, you mentioned before we started talking on the podcast, that unlike many yeasts used in Saison, it's not a diastaticus strain. It, and so it, uh, you know, yet it still produces, uh, you know, a nice flavor that we associate with this style, the light pepperiness and some yeah. some lighter fruit notes along with it. Yes, yes. yes. Sometimes you see that that's, that's just like it's a um, taste crispy, uh Pepper ring, like to say, uh, and with a f- f- with a, some uh, agrum flavor, and um, like you say, yeah, it's not a diastaticus yeast like most of the uh, traditional season yeasts. It's not diastaticus, and that's maybe uh, make a difference with a classic season. Even if Junkie is a beer de garde, uh, I think it's uh, it's a beer de garde from the border, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with a uh, with a Belgian influence, but um, yes, yeah, because it it's have the color of a season. Normally, most of the beer they got historically were more amber, more uh, uh, dark brown. For the visual, we we have a, a season visual on our beer they got, but uh, there are some difference. We have inspiration from uh, each side of the border. But uh, yes, it's not a diastaticus. Um, we have, but you have a lot of estera, like uh, for a season yeast. Now, the yeast you mentioned is a very finicky yeast. So for yeah. and you also mentioned that uh, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> yes, some uh, one, at least one American brewer had brought you a beer that they had made with a beer cultured. You know, yes, from your yes, yeast, uh, which is possible to do, but as you all brew with it, you have a very tight framework to work with. Yeah, yes, yes. It's uh, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a small princess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a range of working very straight. Uh, we use that yes between twenty two, twenty eight degrees. Uh, that's not a lot. Uh, that yes don't like the high ABV. We have to work. Uh, less than uh, eight uh, degrees ABV, um, so we don't give a lot of um, possibilities. For we we have that's a beer made for beer de garde or saison. That's a yeast made for beer de garde or saison. We can do anything else with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's what we like to brew, so it's not a problem for us. Sure. Uh, and it does, and it is the only yeast that you use at the brewery for all the beers that you make. Yes, we use the yeast uh, for every beer. Sometimes you have make, you have tried to make um, more uh, higher ABV beer, so we have used other yeast. But the idea is to to work with that yeast the most possible. Sure, sure. <laughs> with uh, a lot of with some farmhouse yeasts in particular, um, pitch rate as well as pressure 
can affect the performance of of those yeasts and how they express themselves. Um, are those issues that you all manage in some way? How much yeast do you pitch in the fermenter, and then do you, is it um, uh, under? Is it, are the fermenters under pressure also, or, or do you let them? No, no. Uh, there is there is no pressure on the fermenters. Uh, we know some farmhouse yeasts with if they have too much pressure won't ferment. Uh, yes, that, that's a, yes, that's right for uh, for us too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no pressure, no ABV, uh not too cold, not too warm. Uh it's a little princess. <laughs> Does it take a lot of yeast or is it a, you know, more regular normal? No, 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 we don't we don't put a lot of yeast, uh, something uh, between one or two liters of yeast for uh, 20 hectoliters or maybe more. But uh, no, we put a, uh, not a lot. But uh, of course, in the end of the of the the brightening step, we keep uh, there is a lot of yeast. Uh, we have a lot of uh, there is a lot of bio, biomass. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, 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 there is a lot of reproduction of yeast. Yeah. Yes. It makes mo- lots more of itself. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's talk then about, uh, you know, some of the grain and cereals that mm-hmm. go into yep. the beer, especially with Jean Kiel in yep. this blend of beer de garde or this border, yeah, border yeah, beer de garde. Yeah. Um, we use only uh, barley malt. Uh, that's a... Uh, uh, we have um, a cooperation with a local farmer which uh, make uh, the culture and we we keep all the grain or we make it malting and uh, we so all uh, of your grain is grown right here yes around the brewery wow yes from uh, two years ago it's two years ago that we start this and uh, we are very happy with that uh, it's a very local local grain and wh- uh, where is it malted uh, in Belgium, of course, uh, Malterie du Chateau, a very mm-hmm. popular one, very close from the brewery. It was the closer, the closest, uh, the nearest uh, Malterie uh, from here, and uh, and, it, and it's still a small Malterie, and uh, they can make it for us, and uh, that's very great for us to to keep the malt uh, with our barley. Yes, for for us, it's uh, only barley malt. I know that on season, as you can. As you know, you can have a different kind of uh, grain, uh, uh, spell, dry, uh, barrel. So, no. Um, I know in historically on Bière de Garde, we have a lot of uh, excursion, uh, barley, uh, winter row uh, for the Bière de Garde. Historically, Bière de Garde is made with only, only barley. The color comes, f- it's, it's a pale barley, but the color more uh, umber come from the burning of the world in the kettle. Because you use a direct fire brew yes. house and there's yes. some yes. caramelization there that happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But Cuvée Jonquille is not a good example because uh, we try at this step to, to keep a, a blonde malt and we try at the maltery to have, to have the most pale melt possi- as possible. Because we know that after during the process it will burn and caramelize. Most of the barley is pale uh, at the beginning of the process, unless it will be it will burn uh, after in the world. So uh, right. and we keep a, a a brown beer. 
When you switched over to the locally grown malt a couple of years ago, did you have to make any adjustments to the brewing process, to the mashing, or did you notice any small changes in the? Uh, not more than, uh, of course, when we buy uh, the malt at the maltery, uh, uh, we have uh, each time different uh, analysis. So it's the same way uh, we adapt the recipe to the analysis of the malt, the quantity, and uh, on the different step. But it's like. Than the than before with a different kind of malt you can have at the brewery. It's the same. Uh, looking at the analysis, as if you were to buy a new lot of malt, as you would. Yeah, is yes. there something in terms of malt flavor? Um, you know, using a local farmer growing barley right here. You know, was there is is there something to the actual barley grain that the farmer grows? Is it uh you know is it a more flavorful barley grain? Um, no, but I I know we have less protein mm. and um, yes I know I, I don't think it's give a very different taste but uh, we just uh, just cool to work with friends uh, sure, sure. Just, <laughs> and uh, and uh, take the march to to a friend but uh, no um, uh, I think our f- Farmer friend uh, do that his job in a in a good way, so uh, we know that's it's well made and uh, in a good way. So that's uh, that's good for uh, just good for us. For for the other mark, we don't know where it's from. It's if it's from from uh, East Europe or uh, another place, we don't know where is it from. So la- here now we can go in the in the field uh, and uh, and see the. See the barley in the field uh, before harvest, so that's something interesting for us. You are making a local beer yeah. from this place, and that's, uh, yeah. that's another way to make the beer from this place. Yes, it's you mean uh, to, yeah, to make a local beer with yeah. local ingredients? Right. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's very important for us. It's more difficult for hops. Of course, we have traditional uh, local hops, but uh, it's not... Always easy uh, because um, the notes, um, notes of France, uh, uh, hope farm are very little, and um, all the varieties are not always uh, available. So we work uh, both with um, Alsace hopes and some uh, hopes from Poperang. So it's not so far for us. So it's 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 local. Uh, it's, a, it's from north of France, but uh, or uh, south of Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close. That's pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, in this beer. It's a uh, Strisselspalt. Yes, for Cuvée de Jonquil, we use Strisselspalt, uh, Alerto Tradition, and Brewer's Gold. Yeah, a classic profile hops. Class, yes, it, compl- it complements the yeast so well. And yes, and it's and it's give a, um, a large place for the expression of the yeast phenolin in that beer. That's the, this yes is very difficult to work, but she's generous with us with the estera and jogonki uh, is a perfect recipe to to test this the, the estero of the of the yeast. Finally, uh, the hope is just for the bitter, but the aroma come from the the yeast. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned before that this strain is not now you know it's not diastatic. It's, it's not a no. diastatic yeast, um, but that's. Uh, almost surprising because the beers are always so like well attenuated and dry, and that's one of the things about diastatic associate. It just keeps chewing yeah. up sugars. 
Um, yes. So how, how do you get there as a brewery? How do you get this nice dry profile? What what? Uh, the, the yeast need a special condition for work, but but when we give the condition, she she makes a, she makes she makes a job. So effectively, uh, the beer the beer is dried. Xavier, that the was profile, so that was Joe trying to get you to mention your step mash. <laughs> um, because that's what Joe wants to talk about right now. <laughs> yes, but there is so much things um, uh, who make the, the receipt. There is, a, of course, there is a step match, but it's not only there is a, the, the profile of the water, of course. It's mm. very, very important. Uh, and I think it's work, it's have a, a big um, role in the final, final taste of our beer. Our, the water is very hard, so we have a, it's a very it's a high very mineral con content. High yeah. mineral content, yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's very important in the final tests of mm. the beer. Yes, it's it's give more this uh, impression of dry. It helps that that crisp uh, impression of the beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit because in addition to beer to guard, you also brew beers you call saison. Um, you know, and, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on the difference between those yeah. kinds of beers. Let's yeah. talk about that in a second. But first, from the rotatable pickup tube on Rogue Brewing's Pilot Brewhouse to the integrated hotbacks on Sierra Nevada's twin prototyping brewhouses, SS Brewtech has taken technology they invented working with world-renowned industry veterans and made them available to every craft brewer. To learn more about SS Brewtech's innovation list, head over to ssbrewtech.com. Also, if you're looking for a direct partnership with an independent hop grower who is as fanatical about flavor and quality as you are, join the revolution. Hop Revolution's only reason for being is sustainably farming and processing New Zealand's most flavorsome hops. They get that great beer is not brewed to a past or a future ideal. It's an ongoing journey of fresh thinking. Hop Revolution really is only here for your beer. Let them flavor your thinking stateside directly from Hop Revolution or through Crosby Hops or Mill 95. Learn more at hoprevolution.co.nz. So let's ponder that question for a second. Yeah. Um, how you all uh, define saison versus beer de guard, this light. It's a big question. <laughs> sure. It's, hey, of course, we here have philosophy is a, now. Yeah, philosophy. Here is a place to to ask the question, of course, because uh, we are in the Eno, uh, in, in the um, both side of the Belgian Eno, French Eno. This is a place where the two styles are crossing here. So we we speak about the diastaticus yeast. That's think is the one thing important for the season. And like I said. Uh, most of the time, uh, beer de garde are more uh, are darker than saison. I think because um, it's more burn, it's more burning at the at the mash and at the boil. Um, it's give a difference. Uh, we use we don't use spices for beer de garde. Um, Why not? I don't know. It's a tradition. Yeah. I think uh, it's difficult because with uh, differences than a season, there is still a lot of um, uh, authentic season in uh, Belgium. But beer de garde uh, is less popular, and uh, and there is no still uh, old 
breweries with uh, or beer de garde making here in France. So it's different. It's difficult to 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 make a comparison. And uh, what do you mean? You mean that uh, the the breweries that are making beer de garde in France are sort of a more modern interpretation of the old tradition? Yes. Uh, yes. The, the yes the beer de garde we can find now are more modern, but. I think you have something still authentic for season in Belgium. So it's difficult to make the compar comparison. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. I uh, think before you were saying that some of the beers sold here in France named Beer de Garde are as about as Beer de Garde-ish as say American light lagers are to Pilsner, that they are yeah. much more of a commercial, mm. uh, you know, commercialized version. Yes, now the beer de garde, most of the beer de garde we can find are more from industrial breweries, of course. But uh, yeah, I think the difference is, is in is in the historically is in the barley using the kind of yeast, the the use of spice or not, um, and um, it's most a question of profile uh, of malting of malt profile in the beer or flavor. I think is the most Big difference between the two styles. Maybe more uh, beer de garde, more uh, brightening, more bright. The beer de garde, I think, was more bright than season. Mm. Do you mean in, in brighter in color or in, in clear? Is clearer, clearer, clearer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, with uh, uh, something more golden, more amber color of the beer. Between on uh, season, it's more uh, brown, I think, with, uh, because we use a uh, Sometimes more different kind of uh, different varieties of cereals with uh, the spells, the rye, and this is less popular for beer de garde, I think. But uh, like say the Michael Jackson, uh, the story was uh, was not a border between the two countries, so it's very difficult to 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 have a real definition of the style. So some of the beers that you sell. You call a saison, and other beers that you sell, you call it a beer de garde. Yeah. So, is this uh, does this signal something? Does this tell something to the locals about what kind of beer it is, or is it more sort of? Uh, yes, uh, for us here, the declination is made um, because for the, our saison we use spice, uh, traditional spice for saison, uh, coriander, uh, a bitter orange spiel. Uh, things like that. That's make the difference of our the difference of uh, of our recipe, and we use several kind of malt of barley malt in uh, the season. Mm. We, we use only pilsner malts on the beer de garde. Here, what we do, but sure, you can have another interpretation. <laughs> but uh, what yes, we're interested we in is your we, we use yeah. we use spice in our season. Okay, that yeah. is the main difference. What other barley malts do you use? In the or what other malts do you use in your saison? We have um, uh, Munich malt. We have uh, barley malt of uh, Pilsen mm -hmm. malt of course. We have uh, Cara malt. Uh, yes, we have this all of that kind of malt. Uh, biscuit mm. malt. Uh, yeah. Yes. Really, that many different kinds of malt. Yes. Yeah. Four, three or four different kind of malt for our saison, and uh, we have a. Variation of this season, which is a dark beer, and um, and we don't use spice, but we use uh, uh, elderberries. So it's another way to 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 
to see the style, but we go on a, it's very, it's more dark. So we go to the, an interpretation, uh, which is only our, <laughs> just very our, much uh, from, the, from the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's the Samedar. Samedar, yeah, yeah. Is it? Are we looking at the Samedar church yeah, up there? Yeah, this is the church. Um, because Samedar is uh, the only of the village, uh, and we opened the brewery the same day that the church which has burned before. It's why we called the first beer Samedar. Yeah, we opened the church and the brewery uh, the same days, and it's uh, the only of the, the church. Very locally rooted story yeah, there yeah. for that beer. Sure, yeah. sure. Let's talk about dark saison for a while. That's yeah. It's, that's it's uh, uh, yeah. I, it's, I know this is just your beer. Yes, it's just our it's, beer. There, there is no uh, yeah. other uh, interpretation of that. It's it's our uh, idea because it started because uh, it was a declination of the of our uh, saison for Christmas. We made a Christmas beer. We wanted to make a Christmas season, and it gives that dark season, which is brewed with uh, elderberries. Yeah, we are we are more far to the original style, of course. And that's okay. I think it's interesting that you would take make a variation on saison, you know, and explore this idea of, of making it dark. We we don't need to talk about it in a broad style sense, but I'm curious about. What do you change in making a dark saison, and what do you keep the same? I mean, the yeast is oh. going to be the same, um, you know. But how do you, you know, how do you build, say, a, a malt bill for a dark saison that's still going to allow the flavor? You use several kind of malt uh, for the dark saison, like in the original one. Uh, we had uh, things at the boiling step. We don't. We don't add spice, but we add elderberries in a f- small quantity. Like the spice, it's not a fruity beer. It's used like a, we use that elderberries like a spice. Uh, yeah, just a small addition of a new ingredient. What uh, the what, what flavor does? It, can, can we taste this beer? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just a small um, note, the which. Uh, break that impression of uh, of uh, the bitter of the coffee, you know, the astringence, uh, mm-hmm. and the fruity notes break that sensation and giving give something more sweety and more uh, for Christmas. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's why it, it was a idea to make a beer for Christmas, and it, it give a it's like a fruit uh, marmalade, a fruit. Uh, yes, it gives that kind of fruity note. Yeah, like a marmalade, a little bit of fruit, a little bit of like chocolate uh, combination together. Yeah, or uh, coffee, you said. Uh, yeah, more coffee. Yes, but it, the coffee taste, but not with uh, astringent, not the bitter side of the coffee, you know, and the the fruity not give a, a more more balance in the in the recipe. You'd say sweet, but it's it's only a little bit sweet. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a sweetness is a relative thing, isn't it? It's still, sure. still really like nicely dry beer, which makes it quite refreshing and easy to drink. But it's got that those some rich flavors in there too, doesn't it? In America, beer yeah. is very can be very very sweet. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I know. <laughs> this is. Uh, but uh, and I, here I, the, I look yeah. for the uh, exact word I want to say. 
this still has a chocolate crispiness mm-hmm. to it, and um, you know, um, and slight chocolate like roasted yeah. cocoa nib. It's like a, a porterish profile mm-hmm. there, isn't it? I need to to be less dry than sure. the original season. How do you make sure that it ferments less dry using your yeast? Do you know you have to pay extra attention, or you know, and then uh, keep it from completely drying out the the beer? You speak about that that beer mm-hmm. well, to be less dry. Uh, the, the 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 yeast work always at the, in the same way. Yeah. Uh, the the same attenuation, the same the same profile, just in the just in the recipe that we will work to have less or more that oh, make it less. But the work of the but the work of the yeast right. is always the same. So it's in, yeah. in in the choice of the of the malts that you're using to get that little bit of uh, of the malt or uh, to put to add something in the recipe to. To balance that sensation, to make uh, it less fermentable, so that it leaves a little bit of sweetness. We don't work a lot on on um, fermentation. Um, we try to have the, our complete attenuation on every recipe. But uh, uh, yes, we just work with the ingredient uh, we can add in the beer. Yeah. To so, to make something different. But so, in yeah. the jonqui, you have something very. You have the the reference is jonqui. Because you can have the a clear taste of the of the yeast, and after we when we change recipe, we can uh, play around that taste of the yeast. And I don't know if you mean yeah, but, but because uh, she's so finicky, as you said, she's the princess. Yeah. So she has her temperature range. She likes she likes it in those fermenters with no pressure, so she can yeah, breathe. No pressure, and, and uh, yes. So everything has to work around that. Yes. So to get yes. a little bit uh, more, yeah. is uh, maybe the the, uh, the the chief in the brewery is the yeast, I think, <laughs> <laughs> and we try to work with with them. So does this uh, the dark uh, saison? Is does it attenuate completely dry, and it just has an idea of sweetness, or is there actu- Is it does it finish? Uh, oat no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah yes, it's a. Uh, uh, it's uh, the, the, the yeast have make its job uh, completely uh, like on the other beers. That uh, uh, we give an imp- uh, an impression, a sensation of yeah. more sweet with uh, the fruit or or the, si- or the spice, for example. Right. Yeah. That's right, because there is elderberry in this also. Mm. It's really really subtle, right? Very very subtle. Yeah. How much? Elderberry and how do you how do you typically add elderberry? Uh, not so much. Uh, it's around uh, ten kilos for uh, one thousand uh, liters. It's, it's not a lot, and it's dry, it's a dry, dry elderberries. It's not uh, dried. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's uh, not whole fruit. It's, and it's, it's not a puree. It's, it's, it's used like a spice. Mm. That's the idea. Yeah. How, how is the uh, character of the dried elderberries different than if you had used fresh elderberries i think the taste is different it still give a more uh, something like uh it's less fruity it's more uh, on, um, a note uh we have not the complex taste i don't i don't know how to say that uh it's more subtle i think uh and it's it's what we are looking for it's, it's definitely subtle it's sure yeah. sure Let's talk about then some of the other varieties of saison that you make, because at the same time that you make 
you know, some of these more traditional expressions of beers. Um, you are also not afraid to collaborate with, of course, with yeah. some, uh, uh, you know, other like-minded brewers, which you've done a few times and you actually, you know, have another beer in your lineup, the Noblesse Oblige, mm -hmm. um, which is a collaboration with Chester King Brewery. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you all use some more contemporary hops, uh, which I find interesting out here in yeah, on the border of France and Belgium to find hops like Sabro and Simcoe in yeah, your yeah. in your hop cooler downstairs. Yeah. And so, you know, even though you are approaching some things in this very you know, traditional way, you're also trying to, you know, understand I, I this think, broader. Yeah, I think the, the, um, the thing that makes the beer, the beer modern, it's, uh, it's not uh, the ingredient, it's uh, the recipe. So uh, you can make something very rustic with Sabro. You can make something very uh, modern with Tristel Spiles, maybe. But I can, re I think we uh, we can make things uh, to keep our philosophy and make uh, keep uh, our style of beers with subtlety, uh, a kind of rusticity of our beer with different ingredients, uh, like Sabro, for example. That's a uh, Interesting to play with that and and keep your philosophy with that kind of ingredient. Yeah, how do you uh, do of that? Of course, we will not make pastry sour or things like that, <laughs> but uh, we can make a lot of things uh, sure, sure. with a lot of ingredients. We, for example, for Noblesse Oblige, we decided uh, with uh, Garrett at the time to to use honey at the bowl. With uh, at the time it was Sorashi Ace, not Sabro. Um, with uh, with hope with at the burning so Sorashi is and Oni and the, it's match very well keep the balance of the beer even if you have a a lot of aroma of hope uh, a, a most powerful uh, bitter of the beer the Oni come in balance and uh, even if the low level is higher of, of taste we keep the a balance and I think it's the balance is the most important thing for the the profile of our, our kind of beer, I think. What is what what is honey? Uh, miel. Oh, honey, 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 ah, honey. Sorry, okay. honey. Probably everybody understood that. <laughs> I mean, I honey. Yeah, and uh, yes, it's um, difficult to say in English, but uh, the idea is yeah that uh, we can cut the angle. Uh, of the profile test to make something more uh, subtle, authentic, when uh, we can play with a different ingredient like honey and sorashi. Sure, sure. Uh, we have a, uh, a more high IBV, a more high. Uh, uh, we have less IBV, but we have more more bitterness. We have more uh, aroma, but it's still well balanced. And I think our beer de garde. So that's kind of beer, saison, uh, beer de garde, uh, even lager. The key is uh, balance, I think, to to keep the pleasure of uh, of drinking that beer. So um, we can have a balance of with uh, all the ingredients. It's just uh, the recipe that uh, sure gives that. And you mentioned this beer was originally made with sriracha ace hops that were grown in France. Uh, so she's from uh, Belgium and Popperang. Yeah, yeah, in, uh, in Flanders. 
there is a new dynamic for uh, hope uh, in the region, uh, but of course it takes time um, and uh, it's difficult for the hope farmer to to launch a new variety because, as you know, they need more than three years to have a good uh, sure. harvest of hope, but. Uh, the fashion for hopes is very uh, versatile, very change every time. So it's difficult to to go for twenty or thirty years on a on a variety for the for the farmer because they don't um, demand for hope is changing every time. Uh, the hope culture need more time, so it's sure, very difficult. Sure. It's, it's very difficult for them to take position on on varieties. Right. But then, and you weren't able to get some this year, and you've made you made a little switch to Sabro. How did you think about making that switch? And now, also Sabro, especially grown in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. as you said, is a much more uh, intense. Of course, hop. yeah. Uh, the idea is to to keep the Sabro and uh, and uh, use European hopes because uh, we can we can test that uh, the profile is not the same. On a, on the same variety, uh, if it's from U- USA or uh, or Europe, uh, we have things. Hope um, from here are, are less uh, uh, powerful in tests, but I think more in a longer test, more subtle, more uh, s- similar to our local hopes finally, and. Uh, it should be interesting to make grown our local varieties in USA to to yeah I've I think it exists but I've never tasted a, a, U, a US trisled spars or a <laughs> traditional erto maybe it can be interesting for for you I don't know how it starts but I, I think there should be a difference uh, of course we have less alpha in our uh, Europe uh, European ground um, European uh, culture of hopes it's clearly in uh, the way of the beer we we do simply, yeah. Uh, the, the our local beers in the way of the of the what what it's uh, grown here, finally. Yeah, it's simple. The the terroir, it, yes. you know, is such a it's it's such a huge impact, and you see that we were actually talking about that at dinner the other night, where the same grape varieties grown, you know, in Bordeaux versus grown mm-hmm. in the Jura. Um, of are same great varieties, you know, have such a different expression in wine, yeah. even that close to each other. If you take the same hop variety and grow it in the Pacific Northwest in that incredibly dry environment, a high desert environment, mm. um, it's actually different between the more uh, verdant green Willamette Valley in, in Oregon mm. versus, versus the dry environment yeah. of Yakima. And if you bring it over here, even the same hop plant grown in the soil here yeah. with this Finally, environment, yes. very Finally, different. Finally, it's clear uh, to make our, our local style of beer, we have to use local uh, product. Yeah. That's it. That's simple. Sure. Are there any other beers uh, that you have been uh, working on or new experiments or uh, yeah. new interesting things that you're making? We are... Trying from a few of all the barrel aging, but uh, it's something you would like to do more. I know in USA it's, uh, it's more uh, popular, but uh, here for our, our kind of beers, it's less. But uh, we'd like to have more time or more uh, empty kettle to, to brew beer for that. <laughs> we are very busy at this time, so it's difficult for us. But uh, 
Yes, we try for try for some uh, barraging. We have make uh, you have the you had the chance to to start with Aaron Schmidt a few years ago in uh, uh, Nuit Saint Georges, uh, Bourgogne barraging, and uh, the last one was made in Champagne barrels, which was very interesting. So for that beer, we the Champagne barrels are very subtle, very uh, with a small expression. Yeah. Um, So we have a, it was a mixed culture. We have retanomyces in the barrels and uh, it was very different. But um, yes, we, will, we would like to go more on that kind of uh, of work. And um, you have a lot of uh, fruit culture here in, around the brewery uh, on cherry, on uh, uh, pear, uh a lot of things. Uh, so we have to work with that, of course. Sure, yeah. sure. Have you worked much with Britannomyces here? And are there, uh, is there something you want to do no, more no. of? It was, it was only one time uh, with the champagne barrels. We, we have, as you know, we have the little presses here in the brewery. Don't you have to be very, we have to be very careful with the bread. So uh, we have now a new uh, area for storage and uh, we will it will be possible to, to start something with that uh, in a new area. But in the brewery, it's very uh, dangerous for us. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the, the brewery, the, the yeast is, is, is not uh, in Brussels, we don't want to, to take too much risk. With sure, that. <laughs> sure. Well, let's step back out a for a second. You know, this is, you're the third generation now of brewer in your family. Yeah. You all have a beautiful brasserie and brewery here on the side of a creek at this beautiful village on the the French and Belgian border um what is the what's your next goal and what is the long-term goal for brasserie Obrown? on the long term uh, we um, uh, we have always worked on the quality of our beer and we work every day on the perfectionment uh, perf to to uh, increase uh, the, the quality of our beer so we continue to to learn every day uh, my grandfather i think my grandfather have learned about brewing uh, each day of his life uh, until the end so uh, we continue to to learn and to experiment uh, but um, that's first uh, experimentation with uh, just a king was very interesting to uh, like we said before it's, it's very interesting to play With that style, finally to 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 play with uh, saison and beer de garde, which different uh, ingredient and different uh, had in, in the in the recipe, and there is a lot of things to do with fruits, with barraging, with um, a lot of things, uh, and I think so we can keep our philosophy, our um, kind of beer, but. With a lot of uh, different expression, uh, different uh, recipe, and uh, the playground is large for us, and uh, there is a lot of things to do. Yeah. Well, I think that's a fantastic place to bring this to a close. For nearly 30 years, GD Chillers has set the mark for quality equipment you can rely on. Since 1847, Rar Malt has been a benchmark of quality and consistency for brewers. Think outside the puree box with Old Orchard's Craft Concentrate Blends. Get detailed insight into your fermentations with Brew Monitor, risk-free. 
Odessa's Brewtex advances to work in your brew house and try New Zealand's most flavorful, sustainably farmed hops from Hop Revolution. If you enjoy the podcast, of course, we'd love your support. Go to beerandbrewing.com, click on the subscribe button, and uh, help us bring great conversations like this to you. Um, Xavier, if people want to learn more about Oberon, where do they find you all? Uh, our our website is not translated, uh, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> we have the website, we have the Facebook, we have the Instagram page, and um, we try to be uh, to uh, give the old actuality of the brewery, uh, all the beer release. Um, yes, Facebook, and Instagram, and what's on yeah. the website. And there's good news for American beer yes, fans who yes. love Cuvée de Jonquille that uh, it will be coming back to America some course, very soon. Very soon, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the labels are ready, and um, uh, we are waiting for the first order on uh, a new Arapi to, to meet again our, uh, our uh, American customers. It's a fantastic beer, as I've tasted it in America, and tasting it fresh here at the brewery is a sublime experience and absolutely beautiful. Thank you for joining us Thank on you, the Steve. podcast. Thank yeah. you. Thank Cheers. You. This podcast is brought to you by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine for those that love to make and drink great beer. Learn more online or subscribe at beerandbrewing.com or find us on social media at craftbeerbrew.com.